And welcome everybody to your favorite podcast in the world, Persuasion School. That gap of silence there was for you to fill in the blank, because I know as you're listening, you threw your fist in the air and you, you shouted, you cheered, Persuasion School, right? Well, I sure hope so. Otherwise, I'm going to feel really bad if that's not accurate. But I feel like it probably is. This is your favorite podcast, Persuasion School. Not only is it your favorite, but it's arguably the most useful podcast in the world. Hey guys, if this is your first time here, welcome. Very grateful to have you. My name is Jake Savage. And quick background on me, if you're unaware. First, you can read the bio on whatever platform you're listening to. But snapshot here is I'm a former door-to-door salesman. I knocked on about 100,000 doors over the course of several years. And then I transitioned into a sales startup where my job there was to build and train a a team of salespeople around the nation. And I was the president there for the last three years. Man, we had a ton of fun and we're we're having a ton of fun. I'm still there part-time. I actually, in 2021, launched my own consulting business, helping nonprofits leverage corporate sales methods so they can win bigger donations. And then of course, through this podcast, Persuasion School, We teach the masses how to get more of the things that you want in life, how to become more persuasive, how to be a more effective communicator, get things like deals, dates, donations, raises, promotions, get buy-in for your idea, negotiate, hostage negotiations. If you're a hostage negotiator, you're in the right place. So this this is the place to come if if you're looking to become a more persuasive communicator. And although I'm a salesperson by trade, this podcast is for everybody that and anybody and everybody that wants to learn. And if you're in sales, you're welcome here. Come and sharpen that skill. Get better. You're good. Get better. This is the place to do so. All right. So it's Monday, which means it's uh, it's time for Monday Q and A, where I answer a question from the listeners that has to do with, of course, being a more effective communicator. We'll dive into that. Got a great question for everybody today. But just a little plug on the other days. So on Wednesday, we have an informal segment called Whiskey Wednesday. My wife and I try. Alexa, my wife, that's, she's the real reason people listen to this show. Um, stop laughing. You guys know it's true. But on Wednesday, we try a different whiskey. I'm not a connoisseur. I just love whiskey. So we try a different kind, and then we chat about something in my life. She usually brings up a topic that I'm uh, unaware of, and we just have a fun time discussing it. And we'll tie it back into persuasive communication. So last Wednesday, I talked about my first entrepreneurial endeavor, which was screen printing. I built a little screen printing operation. Can't call it a company. Can't give it that much credit. Screen printing operation in college that evolved into a much bigger brand. Thanks to my cousin who stepped in and uh, wanted to help build something fun and cool. And we did for a few years. And then it petered out. So good story there. And then the Wednesday before I talked about how I showed up in Istanbul, Turkey to teach English and the organization had never heard of me and had no plans to teach English. So that was wild. But I would encourage you to check that out if you're looking for a fun and interesting story. And then on Thursdays, that's kind of the main day. I'll either put together a lesson on persuasion based on my 14 years in sales or something from psychology or neuroscience, or I'll interview somebody incredible with a fun story. And we'll tie it, of course, into the theme of the show. So last week I interviewed a guy named Danny Wright, who is, man, Danny's all over the map in terms of an entrepreneur, but he he helped start a nonprofit with some buddies when they were 22 
and they ended up bringing in over $6 million a year in donations, making the Forbes 30 under 30 list as nonprofit entrepreneurs. Really cool guy. And then before then, interviewed an 11-year-old Girl Scout cookie sales pro. And that interview is taken off. Man, I mean, the, the wisdom that she brings to the table. It's funny. It's not rocket science or anything. It's stuff that we all talk about and are probably aware of. But she's doing it. She's actually executing on those basic principles that a lot of adults have too much fear to even attempt. So really cool. I think it's a good perspective. Would encourage you to check that one out. All right, let's go ahead and jump into today's question. This one comes from a guy who's been listening for a while. We'll just use his first name here, which is Simon. And Simon wanted to know, how do you go about persuading someone without revealing your intentions? So one more time, how do you go about persuading someone without revealing your intentions? And that's from Simon. Simon, great question, man. Appreciate you uh, sending this in through the DMs over Instagram. All right, here's my short answer. Don't hide your intentions. And I think the main reason for that is clarifying your intentions up front will help to build trust with your stakeholder. And it's also going to help to keep them more engaged in the conversation. Here's why. The minute that your stake, and I, I like to use the word stakeholder, it's as, as a placeholder for the person on the other side of the table in any circumstance. If you're in fundraising and you want to, you know, you're chatting with a potential donor or you're in sales and it's a potential client or it's your boss because you're asking for a raise or it's the person you want to ask to go on a date with you, they're your stakeholder. Okay. So the minute that your stakeholder asks themselves, asks themselves in the conversation, can I trust this person being you? The minute they ask themselves that question, they will become all consumed with wondering whether or not you're a trustworthy individual. And when they are all consumed with wondering whether or not they can trust you, they are not actually listening or engaged to the things that you're saying, or even the questions that you're asking them. They won't be focused on that. And more importantly, their, their brain won't be freed up to problem solve, which is what I think being persuasive is all about is encouraging our stakeholder to problem solve with us so that we can identify a win-win situation in which we both, of course, win, right? Win-win. So anyways, don't hide your intentions. I would encourage you to clarify your intentions up front. This will build that trust. They won't be consumed with wondering whether or not they can trust you because they know where you're going with it and they'll actually pay attention. All right, so that's kind of the short answer Longer answer here is I would start by asking you, why do you feel the need to hide your intentions? And also, I just want to clarify, Simon, and anybody that uh, has this same question, I don't want to imply or mean to imply that your intentions are sinister by any means. They could absolutely be sincere. And Simon is a listener whom I've never met, but he's reached out to me a couple times over the past several months. And he seems like a good guy. So Simon, I'm going to assume that your intentions are sincere and not sinister. And when I put myself into your shoes, I think that this is a very fair question to ask. Because when I first began my journey studying persuasive communication in sales, not, not just sales in a business sense, but how I could apply sales principles to everyday conversations, 
I started asking myself these types of questions. You know, like what's the most effective way to go about this? Do I tell them up front what I'm trying to do or do I sort of lead them on this path and make it clear at the end once I've asked them these questions, etc.? I get it. I get it. I get it. All right. So we're going to assume that your intentions are sincere and you are genuinely wondering what the best way to go about this is. All right. So, but I, I do think it's important for you to consider what your intentions are. Every single person here that's listening. If your intentions are not to help or serve or solve the person's problem that you're communicating with, or, or something else that's noble, then persuasion school is not going to be the best place for you. Certainly not in the business of tricking people into doing things or convincing people to do things. I think really expert persuaders that have good intentions use persuasion to identify and reach win-win situations, win-win scenarios between them and their stakeholders. So, that being said, if I know deep down that my intentions are good, then I should have no problem telling you and you should have no problem hearing my intentions if you hear that my intentions are to help you solve your problem or to fulfill your need or whatever the case may be. Because, it, you know, if, again, if my intentions are good, e even if it is to sell you a product, if it's a product that's going to change your life and improve your life, like you ideally would be open to hearing about that. Now, where the real persuasion comes in and the communication tactics that we discuss here on the show, those come in after the fact. You know, most people, if they know that you are trying to get something from them, right, they're going to put their guards up. So what we talk about a lot on the show is how to get past those guards and re get people to realize you're not a bad human being. You're not trying to take advantage of them and you actually are there to help them. That's what so much of persuasion is. You know, again, it's not convincing or tricking somebody. It's it's getting people to bring their guard down to realize you're there to help them. I think a great example of expert persuaders bringing their intentions to the forefront of the conversation are hostage negotiators. You know, I I, I would love to actually be there for a real live hostage negotiation. I think that that would be an incredible experience. But I have studied a little bit from different former CIA and former FBI agents who have written books and have a master class a series series on uh, on negotiation. And these guys always hop on the phone and start off by saying, "Hey, my name is Jake, and I'm here to work with you to find a solution that includes getting everybody out safely and also helping you get what you want." They don't jump on the phone and say, "Hey, it's Jake. Just looking to chat and make a new friend." You know, like. That's that's obviously not the case. And it's going to do what we talked about in the beginning, which is going to sort of set them off and have them question whether or not they can trust you and then they won't be actually listening or paying attention. So again, these, these hostage negotiators are jumping on. The first thing they do, clarify their intentions. Now, it doesn't turn that hostage taker off. You know, they, they don't say all of a sudden, oh, this, this is preposterous, you know, that you're looking to get your people out alive. That's crazy. Like, I'm not going to work with you. No, they know that that's the goal. Yet they know that this hostage negotiator, if they're good, is going to work with them to help them get what they want too. Okay, so a good example of expert uh, persuaders putting their intentions up front are hostage negotiators. Their persuasive tactics aren't in tricking them or misleading them. It comes afterward. 
to help them get what they want. That comes through different forms of question asking, in, you know, holistically listening, and then creative problem solving. Another one, man, and I've I've uh, I've probably told I know I've told this story several times on the podcast before, and uh, if you've heard it. Sit back and relax and hear it another time and maybe listen to it from a new perspective. If this is your first time here or you haven't heard this story yet, then I think you'll love it. But I've used this before in sales trainings with other companies or even when I'm working with nonprofits. This is just such a simple example of a person trying to sell me something where I knew what they were doing the entire time and I still walked away ecstatic, feeling though I had got the better end of the deal. And it's a shoe salesman. Let's say this this is not some mind-blowing, huge deal with millions on the line or some business deal that I did with base makers. This is a shoe salesman selling me a pair of shoes. I walked into this little store in Durango, Colorado, almost 10 years ago, looking to buy some new shoes. I tell him what I wanted. He takes me over to the wall of shoes. And he says, I think that this might be a good pair for you. And this, the pair was 200 bucks. And I remember that because I only wanted to spend $100 that day. And so that was double what my budget was for the shoes. And I tell him, hey, I, I can't afford those. And I'm not buying a $200 pair of shoes. $100 is the max I'm willing to spend. So that's what I tell him right up front. And he says, no problem. Let me ask you a few more questions though. And he takes me over to a different part of the store where he has me walk on a treadmill, stand on a pressure pad. They use this camera to film the back of my feet to get a sense of my gait. Am I rolling my ankles to the left, or to the right as I walk, etc. Then he's asking me questions about what I do for work, what I do for fun, my hobbies, etc. Then we walk back over to the wall of shoes and he says, all right, now that I've got all that information, I think I know the right pair of shoes for you. And he goes right over to that same $200 pair. And I start shaking my head before he even pulls it off the wall. I'm like, dude, no. I I'm not buying this pair of shoes. And he says, just hear me out one second. All right, so his intentions are very clear. For a second time in a row, after I have shot him down, this man is still holding this pair of shoes with the plan to persuade me to buy them. But little did I know that it was for my benefit. So no intentions are hidden. It's very clear. And even kind of, you know, making me upset at this point. And I say, all right, fine, I'll hear you out. And he said, you told me that you have trouble sleeping and that you have a lot of back pain, right? And that you have a lot of ankle pain and knee pain. Well, the reason that your back hurts so much is because your hips hurt. And, and that's because your hips are misaligned. And the reason that your hips hurt are because is because your knees hurt. And your knees are also misaligned. And the reason they're misaligned is because they're sitting above your ankles, which you also said you have pain with. And it's because the arches in your feet are off. You told me that you skateboard. Let me guess. Do you push with your right foot? And I said, yeah, I do. And he said, well, you've got no arch on your right foot, but a huge arch on your left foot. So that's causing a misalignment all the way up your body, which is causing this pain, which is why you're not sleeping well. And you wake up not feeling rested. And that's causing more problems in your life. So when you wear these shoes, it will solve these problems. And I suggest getting these inserts as well, which was a $50 pair of inserts. So now I'm up to $250, but my max budget was $100. So I, he, but he tells me that all these problems are going to be solved. And I trusted him because it wasn't about buying cloth and rubber anymore for my feet. 
It was about buying a good night's sleep. It was about buying rest, right? It was about alleviating the problems that were pretty annoying in my life. So I buy this pair of shoes. Literally, life changed. Also, huge thing to remember when it comes to persuasion. We're often getting the worst end of the deal. Brian, who I, I feel like was a guy's name, I can't quite remember, but Brian at Brown Shoe in Durango, Colorado, got the worst end of the deal. Maybe he made a small commission on that $250 sale. I don't know, a couple bucks. That couple bucks was spent on dinner that night or the next night or on groceries. Whereas I got better sleep and rest and alleviated my joint pain for years to come. And by years to come, I'm wearing a pair of shoes right now with those same insoles inside of it. They're not 10 years old. I continue to, to repurchase every time they wear out. It's the same brand that I bought in, the, in that store that day. So I'm still benefiting from that $200 pair of shoes where Brian's benefit ended shortly after he bought some groceries with whatever commission money that he made. So prime example of how there's nothing wrong with bringing our intentions to the forefront of the conversation. It will help increase trustworthiness and engagement so they can truly and authentically listen to what we're saying and realize that we are there to help them not take advantage of them. Also, I think that hiding our intentions sometimes is maybe a symptom of thinking that we're getting the better end of the deal and we don't want them to find out. You know, because if they found out, then they would feel like they're being taken advantage of and there's something unfair here. Again, just would encourage you to change your perspective and think about all the ways your, your stakeholder is going to benefit by saying yes to whatever it is you're persuading them to do, right? Another quick example, I sold security systems door to door for a while. I would make a $500 commission every time I sold a system and I would sell 1.6 on average per day was, you know, if you average it out over a couple months. So what's that? I'm making like around 750 to $800 per day. And that's not bad. And some days I would sell two and every now and then I would sell three in a day, $1,500 in one day. And I remember almost feeling guilty a little bit and having this conversation with my manager. And he was like, man, you got to change the way you're thinking about it. Like you're going to get a $500 commission. How, how long will it take you to spend that $500? Well, for me, it's, it's gone very quickly on groceries, food or rent or whatever. Whereas that family is going to feel safe and secure for years to come when they have the system. And if a fire starts in their house and the, the smoke alarm that we included, you know, helps them to wake up and get out of the home. Like they're, they're benefiting way more than you ever will from that $500. So again, clarifying your intentions up front should be a great thing to secure buy-in. The real work comes in afterward. Asking the right questions, bringing their guard down, building that trust, getting them to listen to you, you listening to them to figure out what the real pain points are, like the guy in the shoe store, and then being creative in a way to help solve those problems. All right, that's, that's true persuasion right there. Guys, if you're looking for more content on persuasive communication, I would encourage you to come catch me on Instagram. I'm pretty active on there, usually posting pictures or photos of whatever I'm learning along the way. I'm studying this stuff too as I go. Been in it 14 years, but still very much a student reading, learning. And I just got into a grad program to study organizational psychology so I can continue learning about persuasive communication. Super excited for that. And I start next month in May. So I'll be sharing what I learned from that program over the next couple of years. Excited for that. But hey, anyways, come catch me on Instagram. Always feel free to DM me 
more than willing and really love to hear from Persuasion School listeners. So happy to chat there. If you have a question or topic suggestion that you want brought up on the show, go to persuasionschoolpodcast.com. Drop me a line. I will see it there. Also, I talk very often now on uh, at the end of each show about my and my wife's mission to fight sex trafficking, something we're super passionate about. Because of a time where I spent six months living in Eastern Europe, I talk about that on one Whiskey Whiskey Wednesday episode, so you can go back and find it, Jake's how Jake's life changed in Eastern Europe. So anyways, we're, we're dedicated to fighting that good fight, and I know that there are people out there that also care about this. Maybe you've seen videos of it, you, you've heard about it, you see it on social media, if you read about it, whatever, but you haven't done anything yet. You know, because maybe there are just too many ways to get started and you have paralysis by analysis and you just haven't taken the first step. Well, I want to encourage you to go ahead and take the first step. You can actually do that through persuasionschoolpodcast.com. There's a section called Jake's Fight and you can donate there. It's a pass-through. No, obviously none of that money comes to us. We pass it straight on to uh, partners that we have that are doing good work, both here in the States and abroad. So if you want to make an impact, you can give financially that will help go towards prevention strategies, restoration strategies, rescue strategies, all to help fight that good fight against sex trafficking. All right, two quick things. One, survey up. I know nobody likes taking surveys. or There are a couple of you that get some enjoyment, I guess, out of taking surveys. But for the most part, not really something people uh, daydream about doing. But we do have a 60-second, that's not an exaggeration, 60-second survey up on our website. Helps us to better get to know you so we can continue improving the show. It would mean a lot and it would be helpful if you took it. How do you benefit? You're going to benefit by getting more of the things that you want to hear on Persuasion School. If we can figure out what exactly it is people like the most and want to hear more of, we'll bring more of that to the table. Lastly, ratings and reviews. I know all podcasts out there are griping about this, begging for ratings and reviews. Here's why I think you should do it for Persuasion School in particular. We have had a good amount of strangers reach out saying they listened to the show, they tried something that they learned, and they got a raise. They knocked it out of the park with a job interview and got the job. They started selling more deals if they're in sales. They feel more confident in their interactions with friends and family and people that they meet. This is, this is, I don't know, incredibly rewarding. And um, I mean, it's obviously what we set out to do, but it's just really cool to hear that actually happening. So why I bring this up? When you provide ratings or reviews to the show, it helps all those podcast algorithms bubble Persuasion School on up to the top which gets it in front of more people. And that means more people out there will be able to learn these things and get the stuff that they want and deserve in life. Like the raises, raises, promotions, deals, dates, donations, etc. So when you provide a review or rating to Persuasion School, you're helping other people also get what they want. Real, real talk, real talk. You want to help other people? That's how you do it. All right, love you guys. Thanks for listening and supporting the show. Have a fantastic Monday, Tuesday, and I'll catch you on Wednesday. Adios.